So, uh, Scotty, do you cuddle or not? Huh? Do you cuddle your braces? Do you believe in cuddled braces? Oh, <laughs> I thought, John, this is like our pre-show conversation. It's not supposed to go into the uh, into the recording. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I'm one of these people that I put the brace on a new line for uh, functions and class decorations, and I keep the brace on the same line for if statements, switch statements, etc. Mm. And what about tabs versus spaces? Uh, spaces. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I would say clearly you are set in your ways and you will never be able to learn anything new. Or so some people might believe because we're going to be talking about about elder statesmen de- uh, developers such as ourselves. Yeah, I mean, before we go on to the whole age thing, which is which is you know an interesting thing in our in our industry um the, the whole sort of religion over tabs versus spaces or, or whether you cuddle your braces which is a phrase you totally caught me off guard with um is uh is quite interesting do you watch um do you watch silicon valley i do yes yeah, so um i mean if you've seen the last episode with the whole uh you know Richard finds the perfect, if you haven't watched it, spoiler alert here, by the way, if you haven't watched the latest episode, which I have no idea what it is when you're listening to this, um, you know, Richard finds the perfect girlfriend, but he can't stay with her because she uses spaces, not tabs. Mm. It's, uh, and it's, you know, people get that upset about this stuff. And it's like, um, you know, why? Why do we get that upset? It's, I mean, yes, when where the braces are helps me to read my code. Um, and if they're somewhere else, I find it awkward. Um, tabs versus spaces does, doesn't even look different. It's just a slight different feel. Um, uh, you know, the only reason I use spaces is because it's consistent between every you know um, every time you open Xcode on any machine. It, it's consistent, whereas a tab may not be consistent. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. I'm not going to get totally upset or whatever. But yeah, we do seem to get very um, very stuck over very simple, simple uh, things. I've come to realize why, because uh, in Xcode, at least within your little corner of the universe, you can keep some control while the world is falling apart uh, around you. You see, the whole thing, the whole thing could be solved if Xcode contained a um, a very simple layout tool. So you could format any source code unit to look any way you wanted to do when working on it but then it would guarantee every time it saved it or or you left it it would format it in the way that the project was set up to format so it was always going into source control in a certain way and then we wouldn't have to have any of these discussions that's true we could talk about something interesting instead yeah but when have we ever been interested in talking about something interesting i don't know (laughs) so okay let's talk about this a little bit have you uh we uh, wait, are we allowed to talk a little bit about Xcode 8 or not? Yeah, we could talk about it. We're just not allowed to um, put talk pictures trash or videos it. of it. We're not allowed to put pictures or videos of it up, I don't think. Okay. Well, I, I discovered something. I guess it should have been obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me while I was doing it. You know, Xcode has this great habit of if you touch a, a nib file, sorry, a zip file, no, wait, a nib file, uh, it will immediately save it and then make it incompatible with, pri- well, it will, it will force a source code change when there's been no meaningful change. But word to the wise, uh, if you open up an Xcode 8, uh, you run the risk of it then becoming incompatible. And then I had a rude surprise when I was opening an Xcode 7. So uh, 
there are a lot of things that are nice about Xcode 8 that we've all been anxious to try, but now that I am a couple days into it, I'm glad to be able to have it, but I don't think I want to use it every day. Not yet. So, X, so Xcode 8 has changed the format of the, should we call them Zenibs? The Nixums, yes. Well, I think the, 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 the one thing is about, and this is, this is interesting in that, you know, uh, who was it? it was James Dempsey was saying that one of the hardest things he finds while uh, teaching people Xcode is it says, oh, great, you can visually lay out your, your app. And then the first thing you see is this, you know, square view, which, or, you know, whatever, yeah, view controller's view that doesn't look like anything, but that's kind of the default setting. And now with Xcode 8, when you open it up, it says, what device would you like to make this resemble? And then so you, you naturally p uh, pick one, but that's the kiss of death. So it may be, it's a, a, a certain feature, but I guess if you specify a device you want it to do, that's unknown to the Xcode 7 zip file format, uh. so it'll screw you over. There are probably other ones. I mean, I think it's the same thing if you were to save it with stack views and try to open up with prior versions of Xcode. Um, you'd also oh yeah, I can understand if you're using controls or something that didn't exist in an older version yeah. of, of Xcode, but I've forgot, forgotten that the, the whole Xcode 8 looks like the device you're using instead of the square now, so of course, yeah, that's, that's probably... Um, change change something in the format somewhere. It is plumbing annoying though, isn't it? That you you just go to look at a zip file and it changes, and then you go to check your code in, and you have to go through all of your changes that are in zip files in in your you know whether it's on the command line or whether you use um, something like Git Tower or something to look at your your differences and decide did I actually change this zip file or is it just changed because I opened it in Xcode and do I need to discard local changes before I check this code in? It's a complete. Ugh. Indeed. Pain. Yep. And the other thing that I found, and this is annoying to me, because I regularly use the little command shortcut, uh, what is it, control command up arrow to switch between a header file and, and a, you know, an implementation file. And then I'm sure I can hear the peals of laughter from the Swift aficionados like, we don't have that problem. But that appears to be broken in Xcode 8. So that's the other thing that will yeah. uh, hamper or will harsher your coding buzz. But then this is these are all these things that you, you realize what a creature of habit you become when you switch your tool set a little bit. Forget switching languages or APIs, just like these little creature comforts we develop. And uh, I don't know. It makes me wonder, do I, am I, is, is my beautiful mind becoming crusty because I have zero patience for, for dealing with these things because I don't know. It, it, it is exactly what I said. It's like, you know, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about software engineering is the ability to create a universe. Anything that hampers that makes me all cranky and crotchety. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we're both about the same age. Mm -hmm. We're in our, On the our late 40s. Um, shall we say yes we're on the, on the right side of 50 we'll say that and i i intend on spending at least the next 15 years in my late 40s <laughs> <laughs> um uh and so are we are we people who just find change difficult now you know i i really don't know for myself um and, and i guess you know is it even fair to say that developers who are older struggle with things more than um developers who are younger i guess it might depend on who we are if you if you're you know in your 40s coming up to 50s and you've been in the same you know you've been using emacs or vi or, or whatever it might be for you know 30 years and you've been writing in c or whatever it might be then i guess switching to xcode um, and, and swift is going to be you know uh, completely almost unbearable because you know you've known nothing else for 30 years and, and everything you know is is in a tool set and in a language that you're no longer using however if you swap if you spent 40 years 
working, but you've swapped tools every two or three years. You've swapped languages every sort of six or seven years, um, you know, which is probably more where I come from, although maybe not that frequently. I mean, I was a, you know, um, a, a, a I started out developing uh, using COBOL, using VI on Unix-based machines, which was always a really weird combination. Then maybe moved to C in there. And then I moved to mainframes where um, I can't even remember what the editors were, but they were horrific character-based, uh, you know, command line terminal editors, um, you know, again, using COBOL and then some of these horrible 4GL languages. Uh, and then I moved to Windows and, and was using things like, you know, Paradox for Windows or C and a bit of C++ and Delphi and Pascal and then to Visual Studio and C Sharp and maybe a little bit of uh, Visual Basic.net and then to you know, Xcode and Objective-C and, you know, that was Xcode 2, I think, which is very different to Xcode 8 and now Swift. So, constantly changing, you know, maybe I have more experience now of things changing and a change is of less concern to me than it would be of someone who's started coding two years ago, learned something, and now they've got to change. Well, that's interesting because I have not, I mean, first I was going to make one snarky comment. I think it's quite possible that you must have worked on dole management systems, which at one point you may have signed on to when you were in your punkier days before you uh, turned onto the straight and narrow of, of being a software engineer. Of what management systems? Dole management. Yes. <laughs> Public. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You know the 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 UB forty. <laughs> you were <laughs> yes. No, but uh, it's funny because you know I I I've, I've used precious few programming languages. The first real programming languages I used was was WebScript, and then I did Objective C, and then uh, JavaScript when the web came out, and then of course Cappuccino. And uh, I've only done only a, a, a rather small amount of of Swift for reasons that we we spoke about last episode. Um, so, yeah, it, it's funny. I, I kind of definitely feel uh, fortunate not to have had uh, too much pollution in earlier years and not to have had too many bad habits, you know. I think, yeah, and I think context switching is an issue no matter what your age. Um, I mean, I did for, I mean, I often do a little bit of web work as well. For a while that was in Ruby, and then more recently it's been in JavaScript using stuff like Node or maybe Meteor. Um, and I have, I, I did even for a little bit, just try a little bit of Android work using, um, using Java, but I mean, not enough that I'm going to claim, you know, I went very far, but I was, I was looking and I probably will go back and look at, um, uh, doing some Android stuff at some point, just, just mainly out of interest. Although if Swift takes off on Android, that would obviously make life a lot easier. Um, but I guess when when you're doing stuff like that, you might be doing a bit of JavaScript today and a bit of um, you know Swift tomorrow. Uh, you you can sometimes never really get in you know uh, engrossed in your tool set in the same way that if you're just doing you know eight, ten, twelve hours a day in in the one tool set and you you know, you know every every set of keystrokes um, in the tool. So I would say you know I don't know Xcode that well for someone who's been using it now for um, what ten years. Uh, I know it well enough to do what I need to do, but you know I'm I'm not you know a guru of every every keystroke, um, and that's because you know I, I context switch tools. Um, however, so I did for a while use some of the um, JetBrains tools. Now, when I was in Objective C, mainly working Objective C, I used um, AppCode, mm -hmm. um, which I haven't done since moving to Swift because it's it's Swift support was at first non-existent then not very good and and i in fairness i'm not making any comment on where it is now i've just not been back to 
to look properly um, in there. But you know, because you know, App Code had the same IDE that you could use for Ruby or for JavaScript um, or for um, Objective C, and you could, you know, it was quite good. You could you could pick keystroke simulation that it would when in any of those languages, or they, they were different IDEs, but they all looked exactly the same, and they all had the same sort of code base. Um, you know, but you could either set it up to have the same keystroke combination as Xcode, or just its own default one. But of course, I could then be in one editing tool that had exactly the same set of keyboard shortcuts, which was really quite useful, um, no matter what language I was using. But of course, the moment I went into Xcode, I got lost. Mm. <laughs> um, and sometimes when you're working you know, on certain things, you couldn't use app code for a different reason. So after a while, you know, particularly came back to Swift, I thought, well, I'm going to stick with Xcode. So this whole context really means, you know, I don't ever necessarily become a guru. Maybe sometimes once you become a guru at a tool, I hate that word, but let's just keep it for now. Um, it becomes harder to change because you, you go from expert to beginner again or expert to, to, to um, intermediate again. And we don't like making those transitions. Yeah, well, and, and every time I, when you're speaking, I, I keep having thoughts and visions in my mind, <clears throat> and I was thinking about how I have, you know, I love zip files. I, I think that, you know, it makes no sense um, to, to, you know, write in code the layout of, of, of UI elements on a page, I mean, on, in, in a view. It seems like a colossal waste of time. Um, uh, but then I was working on something very quickly, and I have just this groove that I follow when I'm I'm working on something new. The view controller gets created. I start wiring up some some UI elements, and I tend to to kind of do four or five things at a time. And I tend to copy and paste, you know, the just for for form's sake, right? So I'll have a a property which has all the setup for the you know non-atomic weak IB outlet, and then the the class name and the the the, the, the IVAR name. And I tend to to work very very fast and I connect them up and then I start to, to test and it's like, okay, it's time to put this view controller on screen. Boom, crash. And it, it, it drives me a little bit nuts. And I, the, the other day, um, I was like, it, it took it took a good five, 10 minutes to figure out what was going on. I was like putting in breakpoints in, in Awake from Nib and, and there was no clue. And then finally, I kind of said, okay, wait, I've been through this pain before. Something is just really screwed with the, the, the Nib file. And indeed, yes, it was uh, it had an outlet that wasn't connected and, and there was no warning for it, no, no logging, no anything. It just makes the whole app fall over and die. And that was yet another uh, case where it's my experience of having lived through a pain uh, on something, but I had to remember it versus somebody who says, no, I have the tried and true way. And the reason why you, here's a perfect reason why you don't want to, to use zip files because things are hidden. And, and there's some arguments to that. But I think really what it comes down to is you always have to be uh, walk that tightrope between the subtlety of, 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 of mine saying I wanted to to look at how th how things work and always constantly question it versus taking advantage of the fact that you've seen a lot of these things before. I think uh, I always love this this way of looking at things uh, like uh, old style animations, like you know I don't know uh, Hanna Barbera cartoons. Like if you've ever seen old episodes of the Flintstones where you know Fred is is you know going down in his car and the scenery just keeps repeating and repeating and sometimes it seems like you know life uh, life in general and, and writing code uh, with the same API and framework over and over it's like yeah you just keep keep remembering that the, the you'll see the same thing over and over again you just have to have the confidence to do that yeah i think it's 
you know, we being stuck in a way of doing things is often got nothing to do with, you know, um, the technology and got to do with people. They find the way that works when they start doing something and then they don't ever reevaluate based on the tool set. So there was a time, as you say, back in the beginning of iOS development when people had a real, real issue with, with zip files. I mean, this is even pre-auto layout. Sure. Um, uh, you know, so this wasn't like because auto layout used to screw your zip file up. Um, but, uh, you know, and zip files, I can't remember what the issues were because zip files have been around for a long, long time. Or nib files that were in, in, in Mac OS, or sorry, OS X as it was at the time development. And um, I can't ever really remember there being that much controversy in the OS X world about whether you use them or not. Was there? No, not, not for OS X, but certainly for iOS. And the reason was is that it was a new concept. I mean, people, they're, they're, as far as I know, still there's not something that's like a zip file, which is actually freeze-dried objects versus some declarative layout structure like you have with a with a Android Studio, right? It's, that's my understanding of it. Like there's nothing that, yeah. that, so, and I think that that's, if that's unknown to you, then you say, I don't possibly trust it. So, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting now, you know, if some of my colleagues are, 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 you know, they're all now that, that we've, they've worked on a, a rather major project. Anyone who hadn't been using Objective-C or, or using the, the UI kit, you know, much before, now everybody's kind of well-versed into it. But the, you, you start to see these these arguments forming and you hear people saying, oh, no, no, zip files are the devil. I want no code. And and, and, and that's particularly for, for things that are, uh, I think the only, the, the, the other knock for, for using zip files is kind of, where is the stuff happening, right? So if the layout is done in a zip file or the connections are done here or the accessibility labels are here or the localizations, I mean, I guess when it's all said and done, uh, if if you can do absolutely everything in code, then it's very, very, you have one place where you know to look. So I, I can I can buy that argument a little bit. I'm just I'm just pragmatic. I like writing as little code as possible. And, and for something I was just working on where it was really, you know, once the initial pain of figuring out why my zip file wasn't loaded, then I got into the groove and I was saying, saying to myself, thank God for auto layout and size classes because it's so, 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 so much easier to make it adapt from the smallest iPhone device uh, screen to the biggest. Yeah, I've been working on a code base recently where everything, all of the, in, in some areas of the code, older areas of the code, um, it's, yeah, it's all laid out in code. Um, and it's fine, uh, but actually now, you know, say the whole size class thing, um, the whole different device thing, it's causing a little bit of a pain now, and so ideally we want to go and change it. But I understand the whole argument of not knowing what's going on where. I'm always a, someone who it, it, you know, explains that. So, for example, if I'm doing OS X uh, development, I never do binding. Mm. I never do never do bindings, which will normally be done in the zip file, because you know that really is now. Have no idea where this this stuff is going on, or it's harder to know where this stuff is going on in debug. But I think it's it's uh, like I was saying in my talk I gave in Berlin recently about MVVMC. You. Know, it's about picking something and being consistent. It's consistency that helps us to, to read things, not the actual way we choose. So like it code is easier to read, even though I might prefer the curly brace on the same line rather than the curly brace on the next line. It's easier to read code when it's always consistent. So I can read code easier, even though it's not the way I do it, I can read code easier if the, um, the curly brace is consistently on the next line than if it's mixed up. Because you, you just, I think it's about 
pattern matching. You match patterns in your brain. You, you, you look things, you see things. It's the way the code is laid out it helps in there. So it's about consistency. So I use zip files. Um, interestingly, I still prefer to use zip files over storyboards, but you know, that's you know, maybe a different argument. Um, but I'll only use them for layout. Hmm. I won't use it for anything else uh, other, than, other than layout. Um, and even sometimes when auto layout was, um, let's shall we say, crap, um, <laughs> it would still sometimes seem to make sense to to still drag and drop the controls and hook them up um, using zip files, but then just have the layout code is code as opposed to still declaring everything in in um, uh, in, in code and doing it. So. Um, but it's about being consistent. It's when you sometimes find something in a storyboard and then sometimes in a zip file because you've tried something else and then sometimes in, in um, you know, it's all done in code. It's again, it's that context switching of, of ways that you find hard. I remember, was, was, just go shooting back a bit, was zip files were still binary when iOS came first came out, weren't they? And that's <sighs> part of people have when that, that, that for, for, they said they were a nightmare for um, source code right. checking because they were still binary. Now they're just now they're not binary, but they're still a nightmare for um, source code checking because they're um, they're a format that you can't uh, really merge very well. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly don't remember if, if they went to binary beforehand or not. But there is something again that that comes to my mind while listening to you. A little hint from Heloise is that whatever you decide to do, if if you use zip files and 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 so a lot of the 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 stuff is happening in there be friendly and make sure in your class description and you do write class descriptions in your classes don't you yes you do so you just put it in there and if if it depends on on size classes and, and takes advantage of auto light and zip file just indicate it just say that you know I'll please check it, the, the the zip file for a lot of these connections and just say i did it because uh it's less code and then that way when you get run over by a bus the person will not have to curse your name more so than usual yeah well if you're um I mean, Xcode gives you lots of warning on that sort of stuff, doesn't it? I mean, it's, firstly, it's got an IB Outlook um, tag next to it, and secondly, it even gives you the little dot if it's connected. Hmm. So it's not like that one's that difficult. And again, if you lay out your code well, hmm. I mean, so for example, I will ensure that um, if I'm using Outlet, IB Outlets um, in, a, in a view controller or whatever it might be, um, you know, they're all together. Normally at the top of the class, yeah. I like to put them as, as the first thing in the class, and so you can immediately see what is you know, what is hooked up and what is not. So you know that's easier than scattering them all over the code. Um, again, you know I like to put you know after that I like to put all the properties that the class has, mm. um, and then the, the the functions that the class has. So um, you know that's to me that makes things findable. Um, to, but then sometimes yeah I do M N R and think well actually. You know, these three properties actually just relate to these three functions and, and, they're, and they're a coordinated group of functionality. Maybe they should live together. So sometimes I'm in hour about that stuff, but there we are. Hmm. Well, I think we can safely conclude that there's no one answer except for mine, which is the correct one. That's true. But but have we established in any way at all whether our age makes any difference to the uh, um, to our ability to uh, adopt this stuff or not adopt this stuff or does it help i don't know i guess i guess we've established that it depends on who you are just like it does no matter what your age is i think so i think so yeah. it's like uh, even if you listen to that um uh the protocol oriented programming talk from dub dc in 2015 
um, where they they introduce Krusty, and you know his uh, his refusal to go to um, uh, object-oriented program. I think it is remember rightly because he you know, he has all this stuff in C that he uses. Um, you know, it's it's a case of um, you know so sometimes he can be seen as Krusty for not moving on, um, but sometimes you know the arguments he had about what he could do with, with, in C were perfectly valid. You know, I, I can do that. Why do I need to move on? So it's a case of, um, you know, not always just moving on because the code style has changed. Do I think that that helps? It's sometimes it's about understanding why you're moving on. And if you understand why you're moving on or what you gain from moving on, you can adopt new things. Um, so I think it's, um, you know, I think his older developers, and I don't mean, and it's not because our age, it's because we've been in the industry longer. So if I was, you know, 48, 49, and I started being a developer at 47, I'd be like, hey, you know, this, this wouldn't count. This has nothing to do with age, it has to do with length of term of service, I guess. Prison sentence mm. um, in this is, 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 is we have, we are probably the, the people who are at most danger of not moving on because we've done things so many ways, we have so many solutions to things. But equally, we're the people best equipped to move on because we understand the principles of what are making things work because we've seen them work or fail so many times before in different ways. Um, and, and so it's funny that we're the people best equipped to move on, but often the people slowest to move on. Um, although I'm, I'm one of these, you know, the alphas out, let, let's move to that type of people. <laughs> exactly. um, um, so that's just that's just my nature. So, you know, it, it's never a, never an issue. In fact, but I haven't really played with it, had a chance to play much with Xcode 8 yet. So you're ahead of me there, John. So I'm, I'm crusty and you're Mr. Progressive. Uh, well, I will say one other thing uh, which I've enjoyed is the accessibility inspector, but it's very funny. There's a great uh, video where they talk about the you know accessibility audit. And it's great, but but as they they rightly say, is just because it says it doesn't find any problems doesn't mean you have tons of problems. And here's something that 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 you know got me in two places, uh, is that uh, we use a lot of uh, uh, icon fonts. Icon, you know, so we have a font that just finds all the icons and use on all the different platforms. It's lovely, it's wonderful. But then you kind of get lulled into believing that you use that in your in your back button, then you forget to add the accessibility label that says back, and then it gets read out as you know incomprehensible Unicode character uh, if you don't fix it. And that's that is a thing about accessibility. Is you, you, in some ways, you, you have to be all in or all out. And, I, I, and what I mean by that is you have to kind of be all in, always ready to to tweak and fix it. You have to have that level of commitment. Which, as a, as another point of 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 whatever pride or suggestion I make to to developers is that. Uh, developing consistencies in, in your view controllers about where code will live. So if you do a lot of setup for, for localization or for, for accessibility, just make a little method name called configure accessibility, and then people will know that's where they go. And then uh, when they get called from, let's say, wake from nib or view for load, a little quick um, affirmation, I love to do this, <laughs> uh, I will put a little comment that's saying, we care about accessibility because we care about people. And then it did you know, then the uh, the meat of it is done in in, in the the method down the down the line. But it's in in those places that that everybody's at least going to read those things. They'll read your init, you know, your designated initializer methods, or your view did load, or your wake with a or wake from a nib, and that kind of stuff. See, now I think if a company is going to have coding standards, those are the sort of things that should be in coding standards, yeah. as opposed to whether you know whether you capitalize this or yeah. whether you put this on the next line. Um, you know, to be honest, you know, you can have really long coding standards. Um, yeah, right. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you do code review where you are. We do. Um, before, before check-ins. And I, I have a love-hate relationship with code review. Um, you know, I, I hate it when I submit a, a pull request to... Um, uh, and in fairness to the place I'm currently working, this doesn't happen at all. So don't associate anything with, with, with that. Um, you know, you, su- you submit a pull request and, you know, the only, you, know, you you've got, you know, 500 new lines of code across, you know, several source code units in there. And you know, it turns out there are some issues in there, but they don't get picked up by code review. But what gets picked up is your capitalization or the curly yeah, braces yeah. on the wrong line, yeah. or you've used a tab here, not a space. And, and you end up with all these things to fix. But actually, you know, no one is actually validated if the code <laughs> works no. or, or does the right thing, or are you leaking memory? Um, you know, which is the whole point of code review is we learn from each other's code um, and, and we look for these problems. Uh, code review, is, if it's become a syntax review, that's, you know, that's actually pretty bloody useless to be honest um so yeah so but if you're going to have so equally going back to coding standards coding standards shouldn't be about where your if statements are and whatever else it should be okay let's have a method in every view controller called you know setup display called setup accessibility called whatever else and we use it for this this and this and we provide ourselves consistency you know what you put in there how you write code in there that's fine but you know here's here's four five six seven however many it is not so many you can't remember but places in a view control where you know certain things will happen and that's where the code is going to go um i don't know if i go as far as creating a base class because i'm not really into you know using inheritance for everything i guess if you're a java programmer you just create a base class because that's the way it all works but it's you know that that's coding standards that i i i I like because it shows that people have thought through the way they want things to work um as opposed to yeah yeah we just need to make sure we're all the same with the way we code because you know of course none of us could live if we named our variables slightly differently (laughs) which is obviously just not true indeed indeed well scotty let's not fall into the trap of going on forever and ever and ever we should keep this 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 you know uh what's what are we calling this the the not the Reformation. Is this the Renaissance of iDeveloper Live? I don't know. But this this new wave of, of things. We're going to keep these short, sharp, shocked, and under under two hours for every episode. Did you did, did you say sh- did you say shot? No, short, sharp, shocked. It was the, the short, new- sharp, sharp, shocked. Yes, I was going to say. But some people think we should be just shots. <laughs> Probably <laughs> five minutes. We are, John. We've we've just uh, we're trying to stay under thirty minutes. I think we're just about there. So so before we uh, end up being massively over that, tell people where they can find you. You can find my musings on Twitter as Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And uh, you can find me on Twitter as uh, MacDevNet. And uh, you can find the show notes for this show at uh, iDeveloper.co. And uh, thank you for listening to the the waffling of uh, two old men. And uh, until next time, you take care. It could be a lot worse. We have done a lot worse.